again, everybody. Hey, let me just start off by saying this. There was this American science fiction author, an American science fiction author who, uh, whose name is and was Frank Herbert. Okay, and he is quoted in saying this. Meanwhile, standing while standing um, in the line at a Starbucks. Okay, this is what he's quoted in saying. This American science fiction author. He said this while standing in line at Starbucks. He said, the one who controls the spice controls the universe. I mean, that's pretty true standing in Starbucks line, right? I don't know how long he was standing there where he said that, but that, that quote kind of intrigues me, right? And it's just this random quote that I ran across several months ago, and I was like, man, one, I, I chuckled when I found out he was standing in Starbucks, in the Starbucks line when he said it, but um, the one who controls the spice controls the universe. It's that... that kind of intrigued me because he's kind of right. The one who holds everything holds the universe. And, and see, our friend Paul, my friend Paul would write, write it to us in a little bit different way, right? Our friend Paul, via the book of Romans, wrote it this way. He said, for out of him, the sustainer of everything came everything. And now everything finds fulfillment in him. May all praise and honor be given to him forever." And amen. So Paul and our friend and our and our friend um, Frank Herbert said the same thing. The one who holds the spice holds the universe. In him, out of him, and through him, everything is sustained. Everything in you and in, in your life is sustained. It is through Jesus that we have life. It is through his grace that we are sustained. It's, it is him who is the source for us to have life now and forever which is the title for today, now and forever. It is him who holds us together. See, our friend Paul would also write to us, to us through via the book of Colossians. He would say this. I need to fix that real quick. Hey, um, Zane, on the, there's on the side of the screen. On the, up, up to the right, up on the right, you should see like a couple of boxes that are highlighted. You see that? Click, uh, click the second one down that's highlighted. See if that fixes that, because I forgot to change it. There it goes. For in him was created the universe. This is what the book of Colossians says. For in him was created the universe, the universe of all things, both in heaven, in the heavenly realm and on the earth. All that is seen and all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality and authority, it all exists through him and for his purpose. In him, it holds together. In a, we all hold together. In him, we, we have our source of life. It is through him that everything that we experience is set up. And it's going to be that way from now and forever. In him, from now throughout eternity, we find life. He will always be our source, a stream or a river that will never run dry. See, from Genesis to Revelation, there's this picture that Jesus is our source. All the way from the very beginning to the very end and throughout all of eternity, Jesus is our source. His Christ is all that we need for life and the life to come. It is from him that we are able to make it through pain and sorrow and depression and the darkness of this world. Like when I originally wrote this, the only, like, only one of the mass shootings happened this week. And that was in Buffalo. And I'm sitting there going, man, how dark is the world that we're living in? And then just Friday night, there was another one in Chicago, another mass shooting. And it's just like, how, how dark is this world really going to get? And how can we have hope 
in this, in this world when all this craziness is going on. And it, it is honestly through him that we will thrive. It's only through Jesus that we will ever have peace and hope for something that is in the future. Because in moments like this week when there's mass shootings or when some person, you know, maybe you have some personal things in your life that this seems to bring darkness in your life. It's in those moments that we realize Ecclesiastes 3.11 when he says God's placed eternity in, our, in the hearts of man. And it, like, when, he, when, he, when, he, when he, the writer of Ecclesiastes said that, we, like, we feel that like, like, maybe that we were never created to live in the dark. Right? Like, have you ever felt like when darkness happens in your life, you're like, man, I don't feel like I was meant to live this. Or like when you show up to funerals, there's just like this agony in you. Like, may, like, like you know, like we weren't created to experience this. Because we were created for eternity. Not to be temporary. But we have this hope through, the, through our source, which is Jesus, that one day even that pain will end. Because we were never created to live in the dark. We, were, we weren't ever created. We were created to live in harmony and peace with Christ and our Father in heaven for, forever. And one day that will be restored. Restored forever and ever. And that's what we're going to look at today is our friend John, who, you know, of course, wrote the Gospel of John, the, you know, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and now he's on an island in Patmos and, and as a prisoner of war, not of war, but a prisoner for his faith. And, and he's, he received this vision or this picture of, of what the end will look like, when, what, what eternity and what heaven will look like. And this is one of my favorite stories because there's so much that you can pull from the context of, uh, of this, some reflections back throughout the rest of the New Testament and the Old Testament. But my hope today is that we get you a little, a little bit excited, a little bit hopeful, to, to a little bit more confident in the source that you, that you have. And he begins chapter 22 of the book of Revelation by saying this. He said, because he's receiving this vid, that his angels are showing him stuff. And it says, Then the angel showed me a river of the water of life, flowing with water clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. You're like, Derek, that does, like, I mean, that sounds beautiful, but what does that really mean for me? And here's what it means. This, like, this has been the promise from, gener- from the fall of man in Genesis to, throughout eternity. The, the, the promise since the beginning that a life source that never runs out, that leaves us thirsting for nothing more than Jesus, will be there. It's living and active and, con- and con- constantly replenishing us. There's this river that's flowing from the throne of God that, that will be our source, and who is sitting on that throne is, is Jesus himself. Face to face. It's like the promise Jesus made to the woman at the well, if you know that story, after he confronts her about her five wives, her five husbands, and he's, she's like, "How do you know this? Are you a prophet or something?" And he's like, "No, I'm a little bit more than that, <laughs> you know." And he and he talks about he talks about he met this woman where she was, right? She she was there to draw water, so he found something in common and said, "I know you that you're thirsty. You've been trying to find your peace and your source through all these relationships. You're trying to, and it, you're feeling depressed and you're feeling lonely because you you can't fulfill inside of you." what you're longing for. That's why you've been married five times. That's why you've been with, with, with all these people. That's why, that's why putting this weight on your kids doesn't work or your relationships or your job or any of this didn't work because it will never be the source of true life. It will never truly satisfy. And that's why he told, he told this woman at the well in, in John 4, 14, he says, 
But if anyone drinks the living water, I give them the same water that he's talking about here in Revelation and has been talked about since, since the book of Genesis. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. Forever satisfied. I don't know about you, but I found out that the word forever in Greek means forever satisfied. Forever. But when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up, flooding you with endless life. This, this, this sense that you, this living water gives us joy and peace and hope that no matter what we face in, in our current situation, no matter what things get thrown our way, no matter what sickness or death or, or heartache or darkness comes our way, that it's Him who sustains us. Like it's, it's why the, it's, here, it's this promise that I am the one that will sustain you. You're not going to find it in anything else other than what comes from me. And here is why this promise of sustaining rings so true. Is, and, it's, and, it's this, and it's this simple truth. It's that Christ is committed to, to your survival. Christ is committed to your survival. Just like you need water to survive physically, this water will, will allow you to sur- survive spiritually. It's, it's why when darkness comes, you can pray and say, God, can you give me hope and, if, hope and peace about this situation? And he does. It's just never, never ending, never ending flow of peace and harmony and source for our lives. It's our survival for now in this world and forever in eternity. So what, what allows you to survive today in, the, in this dark world, you'll be able to survive eternity with Him forever because you'll be there with the source itself. Here's what, but where does it say that this source comes from? Go back and read Revelation 22.1. It says, then the angel show, showed me the river of the water of life, flowing with water clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from anywhere, anywhere else but from the throne of Christ himself. Not only because the water is necessary for life, but it's the river that flows from the throne that gives us a quality of life. You can write that down. This river that flows from the throne that gives us a quality of life. This river that flows from the throne that gives us a quality of life. God wants you to live, the Bible tells us that God, Christ wants to give us life, life in its abundance. It's this river that flows from the throne that gives us a quality, like it allows us to live differently than the world. While the rest of the world is not at peace, while the rest of the world is at war, we can live at peace knowing that, this, that there's this river that gives us a quality that, that nothing else in our, in our lives will. And that's why I, I, love the word, I love the word when it says continual, which means it never ends. It's like his love that lavishes upon us. It's, it's this word that sometimes we just read over, right? Because it's just a descriptive word. Sometimes we forget that the scriptures' words are, are way heavy. Like it, it never ends, even though it seems sometimes in our life that it that it's blocked, right? That we like God. I thought you said you, you will continuously bring us joy. It's, it's not that it's stopped, but it's stopped or blocked. It's that maybe we don't realize that it's there because He has this promise that it continuously it continuously it continuously flows. And what happens is we often try to quench that thirst in those moments, right? When we, we try to quench that thirst in the moments when it seems blocked with other things, we feel it with relationships. We feel it with, with our kids, right? Some, we, oftentimes, I try to 
catch myself living life through my, through my kids, right? Uh, pushing them to do things that I wish I could have done when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? And then I have to pull myself back and go, you know what, I'm going to let them be them. You know what I'm saying? But we, we try to fill it with, with relationships, our jobs and our children. And, and, but those things are temporary and will fade away because they leave us yearning for more, right? When our husbands or wives don't give us the attention that we want, what do we do? We yearn for more. We yearn for more. When our kids don't do exactly what we, what, what we expect of them, we, we're yearning for more. And when they don't meet up to our expectations, we kind of get disappointed, right? And it's just kind of like where, like, like, where does this end? And it ends with only knowing that your source, your joy, your peace only can come from Jesus himself. Only can come from Jesus himself. It's his word that, that stands the test of time. It's his word over us that, that, al- that allows us to live in peace and harmony and hope and, 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 and content and being living content. His word over you is life. His word over you is life. Let me show you this. Revelation 22.2 says, The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city, and on either side of the river was a tree of life with its 12 kinds of ripe fruit. That is the same tree of, li- tree of life that you find in creation in the Garden of Eden, the one that originally uh, Adam and Eve ate from, right? That caused us to have the curse of sin that's in our life now. Right? The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city, and on the other side of the river was the tree of life with its 12 kinds of ripe fruit according to each month of the year. The leaves of the tree, the tree of life, were the healing of the nations. For the healing of the nations. It doesn't come from... This tree of life is an echo, uh, echo of Adam's attempt to cover himself in the Old Testament. When, he, when they ate from the tree and they, tried, they realized that they were naked... And how you realize you were naked after you've been in na- naked your whole time this boggles my mind because I think I would know if I was naked. But when they realized, maybe it, 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 was this, it was their attempt to cover up this shame, really. This tr- it's an, it echoes Adam's attempt to cover himself, that the, cross, that the cross completely bearing everything we needed for full redemption. Right? It, this, this tree of life will be a constant reminder. This one true tree of life It'll tell us this one true tree of life, the cross, has broken the curse of sin that no longer exists in our lives. It'll be a constant reminder of that. It's a picture of that our redemption was forever settled on the one true tree of life. The cross leads us to the fact that redemption has come. Every time we walk down the street of heaven and we see this tree of life, that, that, that we'll, we'll, we'll be reminded that the curse over our lives are for, is, is forever gone. The, the family curse that you feel is on your, on, on, on your life is gone forever. The sin curse in your life is gone forever. The, the curse of sin no longer exists. Because in Revelation 22, 3, the very next verse, it says, and every curse will be broken. And, and, and every curse will be broken and no longer exists. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there in the city. His loving servants will serve Him. Because Christ is there and the Father is there, sin cannot be there. Because where light is, darkness cannot dwell. Darkness cannot dwell. All of creation is longing for this day. When the curse that that has plagued humanity and creation will be gone. This day everyone is longing for. Romans 8.22 says, to this day we are aware of the universal agony and the groaning of creation. 
as if it were in the contractions of labor for, child, for childbirth. And it's not just creation. We who have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience our full status as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed. For it is this hope of our salvation. For this is the hope of our salvation. But hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. For why would we need to hope for something we already have? So because our hope is, is set on what is yet to be seen, so because our hope is set on, on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. Patience is hard for me. Right? I want things done now. I want things done now. But it's one day, on this day, our hope will become visible, a visible reality. On this day, mankind and all of creation will be fully restored. You will finally be everything that you were created to be. Everything that you were meant to be. On this day, original creation will be restored. On this day, what pains you and hurts you and what has scarred you will be forever removed once and for all. It's on this day that you'll be everything that you created to be. I long for the day when the pains of my past, the pains that I've experienced this week, the heartache that I've experienced this week, and a friend, I was going to be quite honest, somebody that I looked up to, one day will be restored. Those people that have hurt you and have wronged you, they will be restored. What God intended for creation to be for us will be what it's always been set out to do. We will be restored. Revelation goes on to say, says they will see, they will see constantly his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. They will never need the light of the sun or the lamp because the Lord God will shine on them. And they will reign as kings forever and ever. If you go back to Genesis, what did he what did God tell Adam and Eve? You were created to reign over all creation. And one day, one day, we will be restored to be kings under the king of all kings. Christ's face will no longer be hidden from us, and the darkness that invades our hearts will be now and forever removed. And we will live in the light that exudes from the throne of Christ. One day, that depression that's in your life, one day, one day, that, that, that darkness that's in your life, one day, that, that past, that shame, that guilt, that all the things that we think back on and saying, if people knew about that, they wouldn't be sitting beside me right now. You just knew their story too if you do the same, right? But one day, all the shame and the guilt and, and will, will be gone. And we will live and reign as kings under the king of all kings, Jesus. See, I long for the day when no one else has to die. Like the song we sang last week, there will be no graves, graveyards in heaven. There will be no barren lands, 
we will forever and ever and ever and ever be the sitting at the feet of our Savior. You're like, Barry, that sounds really boring. Nah. That's what we've longed for. Peace and hope that our past be restored. Never plague us again. And we will want nothing more than to sit at Jesus' feet and to say, thank you. I love this picture of this river that flows because I mean, if you know anything about life, if you know anything about life, especially in, in, in biblical times, you, cities were built beside rivers because that was the source for everything. Right? If you got too far away from the river, you took a chance, took a chance of, of not surviving. And it's this river that flows from the throne that we have to stay so close to. So when you when you hit those moments of depression, when you hit those moments of sorrow or heart or heartache, or when you feel like your past is starting to catch up with you, we have to stay close to the source of life. That's the only way we're going to survive. It's the only way we're going to push forward. It's the only way that we're going to be able to be able to make it to the end of the same thing, close to the source, which is Jesus. He says, in me you will find rest. And that word rest doesn't mean sleep, which sometimes sleep could be good, right? What that rest means is really peace. Peace and hope. Knowing that one day when Christ returns or when we go to see Him before He returns, He will make everything that has gone wrong in our lives right. We can live in peace now and forever. Our hope for the future will be visible in that moment with a constant reminder around this river of this tree that was Christ was paid for it's a picture of the redemption back to the cross what you meant for evil turned to be good what the enemy has done in your life to try to destroy your life to destroy your reputation to destroy the things God has like it will be totally restored in that moment when you stand face to face with Jesus that's the hope that we have the hope that we live for that's why we can keep going knowing that no matter what happens to us yesterday today or tomorrow it's all going to work out because you will restore it all and I pray and I'm going to pray the God I want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here this morning my prayer this morning is that we can live hopeful knowing that our past will be restored knowing that this river of life that's flowing from the throne is flowing in us now and forever and if we just tap into that river tap into that joy tap into that peace whatever we're needing in that moment because you said I am and I am can be I am whatever you need in the moment that we tap into that that we live with a restored life and a restored peace now, living differently than the rest of the world so that when things of darkness happen around the world, God, that we can live in peace knowing and without fear knowing that one day you're going to make this right. Either when we die and go stand before you or when you return and give us the new heaven and this new earth and that we live forever in your peace. 
I pray that our hope is in you, in you alone, in this source, this river that flows from heaven. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you guys for being here today. Sorry that you had to see me on the stage the whole time. Hopefully everybody gets feeling better next week, right? I love you all. I'll see you next Sunday. All right.